Hi there, and welcome to the Higher Development Podcast with your hosts, Colton Swab and Gavin Aberatney. On this show, we'll share behind-the-scenes insights and lessons from our journeys in personal development, philosophy, mindset, and leadership. The goal with all of this is to help you integrate these various bodies of knowledge and reach a higher level of development so that you can live fully and in harmony with the world around you. Beyond learning from us, you also get insider access to experts in the fields of neuroscience, high performance, and much, much more, making this a place to learn candidly what you won't anywhere else. You can get access to the free resources we mentioned at highdevelopmentpodcast.com. So with all that said, let's get into today's episode. Hey guys, and welcome. So today... We want to talk about a little something that is both uncomfortable and extremely powerful, and that is shadow work and illuminating one's blind spots and really going and looking deep into seeing like, what are you judging? What are you repressing about yourself? Um, and how you can eliminate those blind spots to really reach a higher level of your development, hit your goals and generally live uh, a more full life. So Colton has been spending, geez, the last few weeks now, uh, very, very deep in this world. Um, writing about it and writing a whole book about it, in fact, which we'll be um, excited to um, bring to you soon. Um, but Colt, tell me, you've, you've been deep in it. Um, tell me your thoughts on shadow work. How did you first um, get introduced to this? How has it impacted you? And what do you think people really have to gain from it? Awesome. Yeah. So the book is called Hidden Power. Um, and it, above all other things, I suppose, is a book on shadow work, which is really these things that are just outside of perception. Um, whether they're like parts of yourself and like the limitations of self-awareness or the things that are in reality as it is that you're sort of filtering out of what you perceive, whether it's based on like your biases or all the things that make up your perceptual filters. So stereotypes, generalizations, and all these, you know, tools that people use to basically compress the information that comes in down into like useful chunks that we can use to basically interpret the world and you know, how we fit into it and make things happen for ourselves. I think, I think I got exposed to shadow work as a necessity. I mean, I would say it was probably a neglected blind spot in my own life as far as self-awareness goes. But then when, you know, coaching and advising uh, companies and entrepreneurs and founders and all that, there was a lot of stuff that I know that we had with clients of ours where, you know, the business of things was such a linear process. It was almost like, the more objectively you could follow the linear process, the easier things were um, and the easier and the faster they got results. But then there was always going to be these things that came out of left field that I don't think anybody could expect to happen. Um, and then after having that happen, you know, hundreds of times with different clients, there were these certain patterns that kept reemerging. And then we kept tracing those patterns back to, you know, relationships they had with their parents or, you know, how they felt about things like success or, you know, behaviors and tributes that they didn't want to embody themselves, that they've like rejected within themselves. You know, do you remember that phase, like when we were building up the business and had to, you know, encounter those kind of things in other people? Like, what was that like for you? Um, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, um, it's pretty much like you said, there's a fairly objective um, process in, in marketing. It's kind of just, you know, find a market of people that want something and, um, you know, give, give them what they want in a way that uh, is vaguely vaguely sensical and, uh, you know, provides, provides value above and beyond what they could get um, elsewhere. But uh, you're right, there's a lot of, um, a lot of the time that people have worked with the issues they had um, weren't necessarily a lack of um, intelligence, but there was almost like a, a barrier that stopped them from executing and doing the things they needed to do. 
Um, and in my experience, it came a lot from judgment, actually, um, negatively judging, um, selling, negatively judging, putting yourself out there, negatively judging, um, you know, uh, shining the spotlight on yourself. Um, and basically, it became clear that, you know, people's inability to integrate or people's, people's judgment of others um, would, in a sense, limit their own behaviors. Um, and so it was a very interesting thing to help people um, get past this idea that, you know, putting something out there in exchange for money was uh, unethical or, you know, positioning yourself as an expert was unethical or, um, you know, cultivating authority and, and building a platform was somehow, you know, power hungry or whatever it was. And these sorts of judgments were the things that uh, really stopped people from, you know, actually hitting their goals, which is why in, in many cases we could come in and start working with a client and within, you know, a month of working with them, they'd sort of generate more revenue than they had in a year. And we just did that so many in, in the previous year, you know, and we just did that so many times. Um, and there was always, you know, relating to limiting beliefs around what will people pay for? What am I worth? What is, you know, what is my self-worth? You know, what is, what is um, too salesy? You know, how will people respond if I do this, that, and the other? Um, and we've just seen it, like even even relatively recently, these like assumptions people have around, you know, the ethics of these things um, can really limit them. So that was my experience of it working with with other clients. And then as it relates to myself, yeah, obviously I was, you know, certainly not perfect. This has been the journey for me as well. Um, and I had a lot of judgment towards, um, I guess, people who were more subjective, who were more like sort of, uh, uh, you know, help, help with the subjective things, I guess, what we traditionally call coaches, which is kind of weird because i had done coaching before, but, you know, you sometimes will meet people who trigger you for various reasons um, and you'll sort of, you know, uh, throw out the baby with the bathwater or sort of paint an entire group of people negatively just because you worked with, um, you know, knew a few people who did something in a way that you didn't really like. Um, and so, yeah, ironically enough, leaders and coaches, I had this kind of like aversion to, which is hilarious saying now because pretty much looking back, we worked with so many coaches and, and leaders, but it was those two areas which I had to really understand, like, you know, the positive side of, of leadership, how you can you know, sort of develop people um, positively and lead them towards their own goals, not necessarily just, you know, your sort of vision. And mm -hmm. um, coaching, how that can be not just something you do to, um, you know, talk about feelings, never get anything done, but how you can actually help someone resolve some inner conflict and, you know, and feel better about everything in their lives. Yeah, I think a lot of the times we would help people get results uh, at first by embodying the sort of um, traits that they rejected within themselves. Usually it was like confidence in their own ideas and we came in confident about their ideas or objective about it and like gave them a lot of like that authority or whatever they needed to help push them over the other edge. And then later it was like helping them integrate those traits within themselves because usually it was, well, if you guys can do it, then certainly I can do it. And that was usually enough for them to kind of uh, take the leap, which is really cool. I mean, yeah, shadow work is interesting because it is in that blind spot and people don't usually see what they're, you know, what they're not seeing. And there are like tricks for it. So like obviously finding um, what you judge is a great compass for finding, you know, traits that you have repressed within yourself. Because it's, it's really like that whole idea of like the world is, um, you know, a mirror. And this comes from like the Vedas. And there's, I mean, so many like uh, old religions have this idea that the world is a reflection of like your you know, your perception. And really it is like, it's more accurate, I guess, to say that your reactions to the world are indicative of your, you know, your development and like the formative experiences that you had that made you into who you are and formed your personality um, and, and all those type of things. And then in that way, 
by like choosing things, you, you essentially decide. And when you decide something, you're cutting away all these other options. And I think um, everybody has the potential to be, you know, pretty much any way they want to be, but they tend to form themselves as a reaction around, um, you know, other people's expectations of them or whatever it takes to survive and thrive in the environment they were born into, which for most people is, you know, some sort of like middle-class existence or whatever it happens to be. And that's why like the rich are very, um, you know, pernicious about and conscious about how they like cultivate the environments for their children to give them like specific beliefs around like wealth or um, productivity or effectiveness and these kind of things. And then their kids sort of naturally kind of grow into that conditioning. Um, Cause it is kind of, you know, the experiences and results you have in your life are a product of that conditioning. And if there's something that you want to do, but you haven't done yet, or you face an overwhelming amount of resistance to doing uh, the reason is obviously because you have conditioning that goes against you doing that, or there's a strength you, you know, haven't been able to tap into within yourself or you still reject within others, you know, and that is actually the true like first step to accomplishing those goals. Um, mm. And there's no really, you know, it's not really worth throwing a massive amount of effort or, you know, hustle at it. Um, Cause you'll just get better at strengthening your willpower, which is really your ability to, you know, work in the face of resistance, um, you know, push and, you know, have a high tolerance for pain, which is good in one sense, but it's not at all the most effective way to do that. Um, mm -hmm. And there's a lot of easier ways when you're a bit more direct about facing, you know, those unseen forces. Awesome. Great, great explanation. Yeah, that really hits it on the, um, on the head, doesn't it? You can kind of are born into a story, you know, you're born into a cu cultural story, a cultural narrative, a family narrative, you know, um, our family is this, our family, you know, doesn't have these things. Our family works this way. You know, um, we're not the ones who own things. We're not the ones, you know, we're the ones who just show up at the, at the job or whatever it is. Right. Um, yeah. or we are the ones that own things. We're the ones that tell people what to do and, you know, and manage them. Right. And you have this, um, very, very fascinating, um, yeah, as you say, correlation between, um, you know, for the people that were fortunate enough to have been, been raised in a certain way and also want that life, then yeah, I mean, you're in for a very easy ride um, in many respects, comparatively easy. Um, and you get these situations where it's like, you know, The Rock, his dad was a professional wrestler. Yeah. <laughs> right. So it's like, how could you possibly imagine that you're growing up, you could be a professional wrestler? It's like, yeah, well, you know, you had a pretty good uh, early childhood role model for that. Or you'd get, you know, George Bush Jr. Or it's like, well, how could you possibly imagine that, you know, you would yeah. be a power broking, you know, oil baron <laughs> presidential family. Like, well, yeah, you know, yeah. pretty good, pretty good one there. And it's like you take a Donald Trump character, love him or hate him, you know, and you're like, geez, you know, you grow up with 200,000, whatever rental rental units owned by the family or whatever the, the number was. Like, how could you possibly imagine that you'd be a real mm -hmm. estate developer? And not to say that these people don't go well and above beyond their, you know, their parents. Um, mm you know, sort of achievements, but certainly you can see that that conditioning is there. Um, and I think it's, it's very fascinating, um, to, to look at. And obviously, obviously I'm about to have a kid in a couple of weeks. So I'm very curious about, uh, mm -hmm. you know, the sort of beliefs and attitudes to, you know, instill in her so she can become a internet marketing podcaster like her father. <laughs> 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 no, just kidding. Um, but yeah, you kind of want them to know, you know, I've been thinking about it a lot. It's like, well, yeah, what, what do you want them to know about the world? And it's probably that, a lot of it's an illusion, right? Like a lot of the limitations and the stories and the narratives, like, you know, it, it's all well and good that The Rock and all these people can um, have come from that background. But the, by the flip side, it's like, you can also change those stories, right? You can also, um, you know, you can be the, the one who, who is that first of your line who, to sort of cultivate your own narrative and your own 
um, stories and your own influences to, as you say, remove resistance and hit your goals, like using these hidden forces to sort of uh, get you there, not sort of keep you back. Uh, mm. I think that's a, that's a pretty cool, cool thing. Yeah. I mean, it also, I think the best part is it affects your actual lived experience of that process more than anything. I mean, you'll achieve those things definitely, but anybody who's experienced success knows there's a fall off. You know, after you hit a big goal, it's kind of like, you know, if you're hitting it for the wrong reasons, you'll have this drop off in terms of fulfillment and satisfaction sort of falling through and the sort of like coming to of like, well, I by all means should be happy about this, you know, um, and it tends to fall away. But when you do sort of the, the shadow work and do face these type of things, you kind of become, you know, intrinsically motivated to do things for different reasons, whether it's like curiosity or, you know, expansion, or it's just sort of like an effortless part of that process. There's a lot less of like striving to, you know, prove something or, you know, like those judgments have really bizarre reality distortions and that sort of trauma people can face can cause a lot of, you know, be a source of a lot of motivation. Um, but it's, it's fundamentally an unsustainable motivation, you know? Mm. Um, so it's, it's interesting to see with your, your baby girl that you can, you know, cultivate that consciously from the outset. Cause I, I do sort of believe almost all the problems people face in life are, you know, coming from parenting basically. Um, and they could probably be prevented in the form of parenting, um, at least like, you know, uh, anticipated mm. in those ways. Yeah. Well, I think you touch on a few interesting points there. Um, cause I think, yeah, there are three elements there you've got one is like sort of that traumatic experience you know early childhood that can sort of shape some of your beliefs in those very formative um mm. years and then you've got a sort of well i was a non-traumatic well i was just conditioned this way so this is just the way things are which is sort of just like a neutral you know sort of like blinders you know what i mean like just sort of like this there are these mm. illusory um illusory sort of pathways that you're on and i think that's probably where the majority of like the you know people kind of sit um and then you've got the ones where you sort of maybe positively conditioned in a, in the right direction or positively conditioned to understand that you can choose your own direction, right? You can, you can start and you can choose whatever you want. And that one is the rare one. That's one, that's what I'll be gunning for. <laughs> yeah, so, uh, yeah. Um, Cause I don't necessarily want my kid to have to, you know, just be a, the next me, like not by any stretch of the imagination. Um, hmm. You know, that's going to be her, her choice at this, at this point. So I'll be, I'll be trying to raise it to understand that reality is an illusion <laughs> or that these layers are illusory or cognitive constructs and all this kind of stuff. So should we school in the kids at kindergarten about that? And uh, maybe they'll revolt and form their own kindergarten based on their uh, <laughs> new values. <laughs> that would be, I mean, yeah, I guess it is the kids that make that happen, you know, and it's in those changes. I think getting to that place where you can make a conscious choice or even teaching them that they have a conscious choice, you know, is the useful thing. I think the sad reality for a lot of people is they don't, um, you know, they may intellectually believe they have a conscious choice and they think they're making conscious choices. But the, the sad reality of the shadow nature of things is if you don't have a lot of self-awareness or if you only have self-awareness for a short period of time, um, then what appears to be a conscious choice is not a conscious choice. Um, mm. It's more of like a you know, manipulation through the selection of options or perceived options, opportunities, whether through an external source, which is hard to do, to be honest, or internal sources of influence, um, you know, your conditioning and your beliefs. Um, and those are much more insidious and I think where a lot of the, the focus lies. Uh, but yeah, you could prevent those for sure um, from the outset or at least like choose, you know, what they'll, what they'll be mm. as much as you can. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's an interesting one, right? Cause you even think, so obviously I'm an Australian uh, in Australia and you know, you're in the U S and people always ask me, it's like, Oh, how do you do you know business with people in America? You know, like, how does that, how does that work? And you're just like, I mean, you just, you just yep. do it. <laughs> it's like, there's, there's not like a barrier, you know, it's like, it's the same, same phone, same computer. I mean, time zones can be a little challenging, but not, 
that challenging, you know, like something not insurmountable. Um, and yeah. so you get these like illusions around like identity and borders and stuff, right? So it's just like, well, I'm an Australian, therefore I do business in Australia, or I'm an American, therefore I do business in America. And then you're just like, well, actually, if you go to Facebook's targeting, you can just choose whatever country you want to, you know, um, target for ads or whatever. And obviously these things will always go international. Mm-hmm. So that's one of the things it's like, I was curious about. It's like, how do you sort of go beyond your own backyard, you know, and how do you sort of think beyond that? And what, what kind of identity, I, well, maybe it was Einstein who said, you know, I'm from earth, like, <laughs> like yeah. my, my nationality, like I'm on earth. Like that's probably a more accurate way of looking at it. Hmm. A lot of it's like also, I mean, self-awareness is sort of fleeting in that way. So it's like you can become very clear of something like, uh, let's take like a belief that you're from Earth, right? You know, like, you know what, I identify far more with, you know, my, my planetary origin versus like my you know, country or, you know, the borders I'm within or whatever, or even the race or ethnicity. Um, and those kind of insights can be sort of fleeting and clarifying. Um, but then after that, you kind of have to live that way. So it's like, how would you live differently if you actually believed and acted that that was, you know, who you were? Um, mm. And it's usually those, I mean, that's the nature of the shadow work is you don't really want to stay there for too long because the inside, mm. I think we covered in a previous podcast is like, it's endless. Um, you can mm. keep doing it. It's useful to go through, you know, objectively, like with a book in your hand or with a friend talking to you or a coach or whatever, guiding you um, as unbiased as they can through these various things. So you can have these moments of insight, but fundamentally, mm. once you have them, you know, it's like a, I always like to think of it as like a lighthouse, basically. It's just like you have this lighthouse very far off in the distance and it gives you like this moment of clarity that's like, this is a thing I definitely need to act on now or a way I need to act or a very like a lifestyle to engage in or a value to uphold or whatever it is. And you usually Mm -hmm. feel it very strongly when it happens and then it kind of goes off and then it's dark and you basically, you only remember the vague direction to move in and what the idea was. Um, But then after that, you have to change your behavior to sort of fit those ideals so it's mm-hmm. like this constant process of essentially self-discovery and breaking through, you know, your personal barriers. Um, and then the rest of it's just the work, you know, um, following the path, even though it is, you know, dark and unknown and kind of scary. Uh, but you mm-hmm. know what direction to go in. But the more you do it, you know, the faster and more frequently those, those bursts of clarity come through until inevitably you're no longer questioning those things and you're more, you know, the conscious creator of your own life. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So needless yeah. to say, I think you can do that with other people. Um, you know, I don't think you need to do that journey alone necessarily, but it is, you know, it's better to do that than kind of take up whatever is easy or convenient, you know, or whatever happens to be in front of you. Um, and I guess, yeah, the idea of the book is to basically get people a way to go through that process, um, you know, engage with it consciously um, and on their own time to kind of trigger these sort of insights that can make those decisions and you know, choose uh, for themselves in areas where they didn't realize maybe they were reacting or working up assumptions that are not as uh, solid as they might have thought they were from the outset. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And, you know, taking a view on the market, like the whole personal development space and the whole like bodies of knowledge around that, I, I sort of felt as though, and this is where we kind of came in with our courses and stuff to sort of plug this gap. There's basically two or three camps, right? You had like the, here's how you hit a goal. Here's how you get it, Right. And that was the very much like out of work kind of style of stuff. You know, here's how you like construct a new reality. Um, and then you had all the Eastern philosophy and all like the introspection and the, you know, Maya, the world is an illusion, all this kind of jazz. And you'd be like, here's how you just rip it to shreds, right? Here's how whatever you think you're looking at, your identity, your borders, your 
whatever, currency, companies, bank accounts, money, or the whole thing. Here's how you realize, you know, maybe material reality itself. Here's how you just rip the whole thing to shreds. So you've got this sort of like deconstruction, destruction phase, you know, body of knowledge, yeah. which is here. And we're just like, screw it. It's all an illusion. Let's just rip the whole things to shred. Then you got a whole like, let's just construct these like, you know, paper castles, you know, whatever these uh, castles in, this, in the sand, yeah. uh, these house of cards. And then in somewhere in between, as you said, you've got this sort of like, let's just reflect on everything you know, at that yeah. infinitum. Um, but no one, in my opinion, there wasn't necessarily a holistic, like comprehensive way of like, you know, reflecting on maybe what it is intrinsically that you want, reaching a conclusion, deconstructing the shit around you, beg my pardon my language, um, you know, that you didn't necessarily like, and then reconstructing it in a way that actually like served you, you know, in this, mm -hmm. uh, in this realm. And so I think that's kind of a, you know, probably the integration of these, you know, various bodies of, of knowledge where you have this sort of like life is suffering. Let's just bliss out in a cave kind of, you know, Eastern shtick versus like the, you know, how many Ferraris can you line up in your garage sort of mentality, like the Jerry Seinfeld school of thought, bless him, you know, and then <laughs> somewhere in between was like the, you know, how many times can I relive my childhood uh, trauma at the um, coaching events? And um, oh, that's yeah. each of those were probably, you can probably even hear it in my own voice, right? Each of the, uh, the judgments on all of it. Um, and I can sort of like appreciate all of them in, in isolation. But um, for me personally, it's like the integration of all three towards something that is like uh, more meaningful in this existence, which, uh, which really resonates. Mm. Yeah, I guess it's, it is that unification of the two that allows stuff to happen. I always think of it as almost like spiritual pragmatism in a way where it's like things, you know, shadow work is only as useful as it is useful. Um, and it is certainly useful, but at a point, you know, so, and it's kind of like people need to tend to uh, integrate their opposites, you know, which is that thing in the shadow, which is usually it's the thing they're rejecting. If you can bring that in, bring that strength in, they can usually achieve that goal, you know, they want to have. Like, for instance, it's nice to have a Lamborghini and be healed of your childhood trauma. You know, you may not need 10 of them and you may not need to live through every childhood trauma, um, you know. So it's like usually that middle line is kind of where the, the life is, you know, that you, you want to have. Um, and fundamentally, I think a lot of it is really just about coming back to that place where you are the one to make the decision. For a lot of people, you know, they go after the Lamborghinis because that's what other people expect them to do, or that's what they think will like justify the experiences they had, or people will finally, you know, accept them as they are, or, you know, no one will care about the path they took as long as they have this result they can show for it that makes them like important or special or worth it. Um, and it's really like, I mean, that's why those people get upset when they meet somebody who has nothing and is happy with it, you know, and right. then like, you know, people have nothing, see them and they think that they have also, you know, is worthless. And that internal perspective and experience is completely dependent on like your conditioning and what you think, um, you know, is the way to go with that. Mm -hmm. So that's really the, the cost, I think. Awesome. Well, on uh, that note, let's wrap it up with probably one of my favorite and most concise uh, shadow work exercises. And that is, um, uh, it's just so illuminating is to ask someone what their favorite movie is. Um, and oh, the reason yeah. for that's an awesome one. It's so good. And it's just, we ask a bunch of our clients like what that is as well. So you're taking some notes there. <laughs> um, yeah, we like a bunch of ask, ask a bunch of our clients that as well, because this is the most fascinating thing, right? It's like everyone has patterns that repeat themselves. And they're, of course, all archetypes and they're in the collective uh, unconscious. And um, you ask someone what, what their story is and you'll, you'll see how that reflects in their life, right? Is it like, is it a story of like triumph against adversity? Well, it's like if you're, if you're in a narrative is to triumph against adversity, you're going to attract a lot of adversity. You'll probably triumph against it, but you're going to attract it, right? Um, and so you, you can really see that in, in terms of like the characters that people resonate with in films because it reflects 
um, their own sense of uh, uh, self-identity, whether they realize it or not. So mm. we'll leave totally. you at that one. What is your yeah. favorite movie? Understand that archetype. Perfect. All right, guys. See you in the next one. Ciao. So we hope you enjoyed this episode of the Higher Development Podcast. If you want to access free resources and go deeper with us, head to highdevelopmentpodcast.com. As a special thanks for listening to each new episode, we continually update this site with podcast notes, exclusive discounts, free courses, you name it. And as an added bonus, this is where you can submit any questions you may have for myself, Gavin, or any of our featured guests. So what you learn doesn't have to end here. We hope you enjoyed today's episode and we look forward to seeing you in the next one.